Hey, 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 it's me, Katie here. Grab a notebook, add a cuppa, and join me in the Sociology Staff Room. Hello, and welcome to the Sociology Staff Room. I'm Katie Tyler, and I've got my familiar face. Hello, Reese. how are you? I'm, uh, I'm good, thank you. Uh, I hear this podcast is becoming as popular as uh, Joe Rogan. Um, <laughs> just what I'm hearing. I'm not sure. I don't know who you're speaking to. Maybe the, maybe the right or the wrong sort of people. I don't know. Um, obviously, what's changed for you since we've last spoken? Uh, so since we last spoken, I've actually moved to a new position. So I've gone from being the subject lead in sociology and sociology teacher to a program manager for social science. So I think in schools, I think that's the equivalent of a head of department, I think. Yeah, um, or maybe might... head of faculty, maybe. Like if it's head quite of... a lot of subjects. Yeah. So you, yeah, yeah. are you in what? What are you in? What, what's in your empire then, Reese? So uh, <laughs> I'm now the program manager for social science. So not only uh, am I covering sociology, but I'm also covering psychology and law as well, which kind of has fallen under um, my remit, which has brought some interesting, um, interesting developments as you kind of figure out what these what these courses are about. Um, but yeah, hopefully we can get into that. Yeah, that's what we're going to talk about. So obviously, I suppose it's like a mini mini faculty, really, because I think, you know, head of department, I suppose, would be just sociology, generally speaking, or just psychology, I'd imagine, in some schools. Um, but yeah, and program manager, it's college, isn't it, that you work in, is that right? Yeah, yeah, so Leeds City College. Um, and I think as well, the social science department is one of the biggest departments. So sociology, psychology, and, and law are three of the most popular subjects that we actually deliver here. So even though it seems mm. like it's three subjects there is a, a lot of students that fall under yeah our, I mean in, they're massive cohorts generally in most schools anyhow so how many students have you got in total roughly uh off the top of my head maybe about 600 500 600 wow, yeah, wow. Like that. Might, actually it might be a bit less because you know we're just kind of figuring out yeah uh, students move groups and then move along but something something in that general ballpark and then you'll just feel like I'm just drilling down so that the fully transparent, if you don't need to give massive details, but for people that are listening, how many people are, you, are in your team? <clears throat> uh, so around six. Okay, so yeah. So, and this is your, is this your, uh, uh, I sort of know this question from me, it's your first role in a sort of program manager role, is that right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was uh, surprised, surprised I went for it to begin with, um, to be honest, but um, it was one of those, but when the job came along, it was one of those things that I just felt like I wouldn't get this opportunity again. So I kind of stepped into it without giving much, not too much background. Like I had an overview or an idea as to what I wanted to do in the role or why I would take the role on. Um, but I, I kind of hadn't been building my career up in that direction. It's taken me a little bit by surprise, uh, if I'm honest. So it's been a lot of these past couple of weeks. It's been about five weeks now. Uh, it's been a little bit of a baptism of fire and then just kind of like flailing my way out. Um, or at least that's what it feels like. But I think, uh, I think I've managed to keep it, keep it cool for the time being. <laughs> and that's what I'm interested because I think people at different points in their career are maybe thinking about progression in their career. Uh, people maybe in the same situation as you as um, new to a head of faculty or a head of department or program managers um, and it's really I mean re we realize it's just one person's perspective maybe different context different number of students but it, it's nice sometimes to sort of I don't know talk about the trials and tribulations potentially um, of what that happens so just out of interest what made you because I know you said you wasn't really on your completely on your ra radar but it sort of was on your radar as a what made you take us back to sort of June July what made you 
apply for it in the end because it just was something that opportunity would never come not, not never come again but it was a at the right time for you was that the main reason you applied for it yeah so i was looking for progression anyway <clears throat> so i was really interested in doing more development or more work around cpd uh, mm -hmm. and around um, training and assessing new teachers. Because um, I feel like, because I've been teaching these subjects for so long, I felt like I was getting a little bit stuck in a rut. Um, and even though I really enjoyed the students and I really enjoyed the lessons, I didn't feel it was really challenging me in the same way that it used to. Um, so originally I was kind of trying to move in that direction. Uh, but when I'd gone for previous interviews, the thing that kept coming up was that lack of managerial experience or uh, managing a team or taking the, the lead of a team. Whilst I'd done subject lead, there was only one to two other members of staff. So it hadn't really shown uh, what I could do or what I, what I was interested in. So when this came up, this seemed like a really good progression progression point. Um, and I was like I say, I was really reluctant to, to do it when the post first came on. But it was my colleagues who are now in my team who were a really quite tight knit and close department who pushed me to do it, thinking that would be really good for the role and it would be good for the person that was uh, leaving. I knew them, I knew about their subjects, I knew about the students. So it seemed just kind of like a calling in a way, like it was just there open and the opportunity was there. So I thought I'll take it and just build and develop some skills and then see where I end up uh, afterwards. Yeah, so sort of, sort of the, the I don't know the the stars were aligning at that moment. So as you said, you it's been a sort of um, a baptism of fire, using your words. I was trying to think. I do want to misquote you. Um, you see, that's that's the worry um, I had with this interview because I've got this terrible habit of uh, saying things and feeling incredibly cathartic about it, and then when you reflect later, you think, why did I say that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I think everyone would lots of people that are new to roles. I mean, I think what it you know when you get that sort of job description it has it all bullet pointed down as like the roles it you think oh i could do that i can think of examples of that but then the reality is all of that sometimes all those bullet points happen in like one hour of your day like it's not like oh well on monday this i'll deal with that bullet point and on tuesday i'll deal with that it's sometimes you're doing all of that in that one moment of your day so i suppose yeah what 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 have been some of the maybe the challenges and how have you overcome them sort of what what do you think is sort of the top of your head with well, obviously i appreciate there's confidentiality involved but is there things you think ah oh, that worked really well i could share that idea with other people that are thinking about doing this role or in this role that's worked for you potentially yeah i think um each team's different so it'd be quite hard to give specific advice but in terms mm. of me personally i think one of the biggest things I've kind of had to contend with is this concept of power. Um, and I probably I probably need to clarify what I mean. I don't really mean it like a kind of top-down kind of relationship, but more in a Nietzschean sense that uh, power is kind of like a competing force pus pushing between positive and negative. And I'm in the middle of these kind of like power relationships, if you see what I mean. So I've got That's my team. squeeze sideways, you mean, like from various stakeholders in your role is that yeah you basically yeah. Is, which is a, a situation that i wasn't previously in obviously you deal with other stakeholders but you wouldn't um directly aim to organize the collaboration or deal with different relationships or, or what different people think so on one side i've got my team who are obviously pulling in one direction you know they want certain things or support in certain areas and it's been able to meet those needs whilst also um pushing through kind of like 
ideas that are coming from above me and also dealing with other stakeholders. So like we have a teaching and learning department, we have the SEND department, we have um, pastoral department, and it's working with different people and different personalities and different relationships and trying to manage those expectations. So I think that's been the biggest challenge that I've dealt with, particularly in these early days and things are trying to get settled and everyone's kind of gets frustrated trying to figure out what their role is or what the new year is going to be. So that's taught me quite a few interesting things about myself and how that role is radically different to where I was before. So where I was before, I'd kind of ignore these things and I could just, you know, duck under the desk and carry on with my marking and move away from people. Whereas now you kind of have to deal with these um, conflicting uh, power relationships or forces that are pulling you in different directions. And it's about being able to use that ethically, which was a big thing that I've been working on is, you know, where is one side being unreasonable? Where is one side being reasonable? And what can I reasonably do for someone? And what can I reasonably not do for someone? So that's been a really big challenge is knowing when to do that without damaging uh, relationships with people. Um, in terms of successes, uh, I've actually done quite a lot of stuff in terms of tracking. Um, so we've, we've introduced new courses this year too, which I, be honest, I previously wasn't familiar with how they ran or how they organized. Um, and we've got some members of staff that are new to teaching as well, who are now running these courses. So one challenge has been getting my head around these new courses that have been introduced and supporting these new members of staff who are in their early years of teaching, possibly a bit unsure, um, and trying to get my head around these curriculum expectations um, whilst also delivering positive outcomes for students. So it's been successful in terms of tracking that and keeping an eye on students and uh, making sure that certain goals have been hit. But it's been a challenge in terms of how to learn really quickly what these expectations are and what's expected of the students. So I guess that kind of links in with being pulled in, in different directions too and just trying to stabilise or manage manage myself really. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, I think that's one that's quite a big one is being pulled in different directions. Obviously, you said there's also new subjects, it's almost like quite a lot of different layers in there. And what I'm hearing is you've got the new subjects, you've got people that are new to teaching, you've also got subjects that are not new, but then obviously, you may not have, or lots of people in the heads, not just yourself, but don't have that expertise within, say, law for argument's sake, or you know, that subject's pre existing, but not the like the expert knowledge around that. And then you've got like obviously the, the being pulled in different ways and stakeholders um, and what they want from you and you talk about the ethics. So I suppose if, if maybe if we don't mind touching a few of those. So how do you how do you manage? You mentioned you do it ethically, but how what does that look like? How do you how does that work? Like how do we how do we operationalize that? I suppose is what I'm thinking. Operationalize is the is the is the idea. <laughs> I'm going to get a little bit like wishy washy with this one, and I'm going to go mm. a little bit on the. Uh, as you've probably predicted by now, given we've done this three times, I'm going to go a little mm. bit down the kind of philosophical route, but um, kind of links back to operation, how I operationalize that concept of power and mm. how do I how do I do that ethically? So it's about knowing when to say, you know, th this is the line that's been taken from above. This is what we're doing. And I understand your opposition, but we need to kind of push forward with, with this agenda when it's appropriate to kind of be a little bit more assertive 
um, in those type of relations and when it would be reasonable to pull back. So, for example, if staff are asking for help with marking, for example, coming up with solutions to ease people's workloads, or maybe a member of staff wants to have more, we have keep in touch meetings here where some staff we do once a term or once a month, other members of staff it's once a week, which is just checking in, how's it going, what you're struggling with, how's your marking. So that's something where that member of staff might have power, where I'm kind of giving some of my power or control over to them. And then um, in other times I have to kind of like assert myself and I guess kind of judging each situation as to when that's appropriate, but then not to kind of drift off too much. That kind of links me into something else that uh, has been on my mind quite a lot in this role, which is the idea of, of trust. And mm -hmm. in partic particularly because I, I manage sociology as well now, I've been the subject lead in that for three years and we've organ we've holistically organized the soul and how it runs and when assessments are. And I've had to kind of relinquish control mm -hmm. of that a little bit. And so- How's that making I, you feel? Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me personally, and this is where the catharsism comes in, is I found that I have found that a, li a little bit difficult um, because I, I'm, I was kind of very on it and very, um, everything was very centralized, obviously not over teaching, but just how we delivered the course. And I've had to step back from that a little bit and actually just trust my colleagues. And, you know, my colleagues are, they are experts in their field. They know what they're doing. Um, they've also had a lot of experience doing that. And that's been the main thing that I wanted to really build within myself and also, create that reciprocal relationship of trust. Like I trust you to get on with us, do this, and I'm just gonna step back. And if there's any problems, I want you to come to me and tell me so that we can then deal with it in that way. Mm. Um, so I don't know if you ever heard of Jim Knight? Yes, yeah, I've heard yeah, of Jim Knight. So Jim, yeah, so Jim Knight, I'm gonna go kind of, he has quite a good concept on the public and private voice. Um, mm -hmm. Where he talks Are we talking about, about the same Jim Knight? Is this the instructional coaching Jim Knight? That's right, yeah, 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 yes. that's right. The instructional coaching yeah. dude. So. He kind of says, like, there'll be a public voice where you'll say to someone, you know, is everything okay? Are you comfortable with this? And they go, yeah, 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 it's fine, it's fine. But actually, you can tell there's something underneath there that they aren't fully expressing. So building up that trustworthy relationship, for example, doing the keeping in touch meeting, saying, you know, I'm here to support you, or I can find someone that, that can help you, um, really kind of helps bring out that private voice and find out any areas or issues that people are struggling with and help with their development because um, in, in this role a lot of it is student-centered and everything is to do with the students but it's also about supporting my team and ensuring their development that they can go on and have the same opportunities or um, enjoyment um, of their job that uh, I, I experienced. Yeah, so it's keeping that. It sounds like it's maintaining that communication, isn't it? And sort of checking in on people from a very sort of um, ethical and um, moral and sort of person-centered approach. I suppose it's like you know where meeting them where they're at. You also mentioned as well the idea of um, subjects that are new, but I suppose there's new in two senses, isn't there? There's subjects that are actually physically new this academic year, as well as student subjects that are new to you. Obviously, like you said, there's quite a lot. There's a lot to do in sort of the, the first four or five weeks of a term, depending on when people have come back. How do you prioritise that? Because obviously, sociology, that's that's there, but and you know, obviously, there's still things you might want to amend with that. Is that sort of thing that you said you mentioned the trust bit? How then do you manage, you know, all these new subjects? Where do you sort of prioritise your 
I suppose management of those because there's going to be some subjects you don't know anything about and then you and as well as those that are new to the department yeah so with that obviously when I first came into the role we got data from I hate being like one of these data-led people but unfortunately it's it's there you know it's uh it hangs over us um so I got the data from each of the subjects and in particular we're looking at value added so it's taking a look at the value added scores where the value added maybe isn't what we want it to be or where we think it could be improved or developed or even where it is good seeing how we can develop it it's about prioritizing those so obviously the new courses have taken up the majority of my time just making sure that staff are supported with that we know how we're delivering with that we're communicating with the quality team about what we're doing um but in terms of the a levels that we're already running it's about speaking with staff saying you know this was the value added this year you've clearly done something really really good can you tell me what those things are, why those worked, and maybe ways that we can streamline them? And then maybe reflecting on what has not gone so well or why those barriers were there. Was that something internal? Was that something that was structural? Was that something that was maybe external? Had there been a change in the exam board? Now they were assessing questions. Um, and then what help have we got for, for developing that? So, for example, in psychology, um they do i forget what the actual official term is but aqa do it as well you know they go through the papers and what's gone well in in that okay. year not gone well do you know what they're called just like the examiner's report you mean the like the examiner's report but they do like a meeting and you can ask oh yes them. oh yeah yeah i can't remember the name but i know what you mean like at the end um around, it's around, it's around this time of the year isn't it october november yeah I think, I think there's one tomorrow um yeah i think there's one tomorrow but it's about kind of having sending uh staff on those cpd opportunities and reflection opportunities and kind of comparing it with what they're delivering in comparison to um kind of the value added and how we can improve that mm. i think that answers your question i think that's kind yeah of, yeah so, so right. you, prior to, you prioritize it through through data although that for you you feel like oh goodness i'm i'm that data-led person but ultimately it's a starting point is it where do i go especially if you don't know the subjects that well it gives you some sort of like i suppose in Durfheim's words, a sort of social fact of information that you sort of can work yeah. upon and go, right there, that's what I can start on, especially if it's something you, like you said, don't know so much about. Um, the other one was obviously new staff. You've got, so are they actually new this year or are they new to the, are they new this year or are they new to just that subject this year? Uh, so I have two that are new to teaching. So uh, one person has not, uh, is, has been a teacher before, but not in the UK. Mm. Uh, Another person is a new teacher and I have a third person that's also a relatively new teacher as well. Mm. So yeah, supporting them tends to be the tends to be the priority. Um, mm -hmm. And I hate to say it as well, but I do feel I have been a little bit utilitarian in this role where it's trying to mm -hmm. treat everyone equally and trying to find the most amount of good within, within, within the team. Um, so, so thinking about it in that way, they, I've spent more time celebrating their successes and checking mm. in with them talking about development um and again building those trustful trustful relationships um and i wouldn't have thought i would have been that way actually it's taught me interesting things about myself like i wouldn't have thought i would have gone down that utilitarian oh, why? well first of all i think utilitarian is a terrible uh, philosophy that could have come out of england um so that's that's kind of one but i also thought i'd probably take more of a maybe like a targeted approach. Mm -hmm. But I think because there's definitely, I think, again, being cathartic, there's definitely that side of me that wants to just take hold and micromanage people, which I feel every manager probably has. 
And a lot of that has been about me just stepping, just trying to step back from that and I guess coaching people and, and mm -hmm. them identifying what they need. Um, and that internal battle within myself of just building that, that trust and knowing that they can get along with it and resisting these more toxic urges as I would probably call them. Mm -hmm. has been another, another kind of battleground really. Yeah, it has been really reflective, you know, because obviously I think that's another part that you haven't mentioned, but to be a head of a, a department faculty or a program manager, that is, it's a hugely reflective role on how it looks now in the sort of first four or five weeks of term might not look how it is in like September or, or two years down the line. Um, and so they, like you mentioned, you sort of do a sort of, a sort of a fair approach for everyone and, and, and bringing out their strengths. How do you find that's working? Uh, so far, I actually think it's working quite well. Um, and luckily, like I say, it was the staff that pushed me into this position. So they already knew me, they knew what mm -hmm. I was like, and I kind of knew what they felt their strengths and weaknesses are. Mm -hmm. um, but what's been quite good is, again, it's, it's those relationships where they will come to me and they will tell me, you know, if they are struggling or want to develop in certain ways or if there's something else that they want to do. Um, so, for example, one member of staff wanted to run a trip and wanted to ensure that students could get a higher grade on the new course that we have brought in. So mm. they knew how to get them to pass, but how do we get them to the one above? Um, and then my job was basically trying to facilitate how, how they can do that or find external contacts so they can do that. Mm. Um, so yeah. I think that yeah, kind it sounds of like you take quite. A, yeah, it sounds like you're taking quite a coaching role on. I know that we've we've. I think we've got a future guest in, in a couple of weeks' time talking about coaching, um, and we've got we've had guests talk about coaching in the past and sort of allowing empowering teachers to. Uh, you said the word trust, but empowering teachers to find their own ways, their own skills. Um, seems to be sort of central to your. I suppose leadership style or management style um, at this moment in time. So, where's the next steps? What, where, what's the plan for the rest of the half term for for you? Where, where are you? Where is it going next? Uh, I think next we just need to kind of steady the ship. So, I'm feeling like after enrolment and everything, the ship is very slowly um, steadying out, and it's about picking up the challenges that come forward. So, I mean, for me, like key priority, key priorities is making sure that the department's student focused. So with that, we want to kind of monitor attendance. We want to monitor if there's any pastoral issues and that we're there as quickly as possible to pick those issues up for the students, um, that students are getting um, feedback so they know what to do to improve their next grade and that assessment is, is clear. So that's one kind of big priority in terms of what we want to safeguard our move on. The second big thing is staff development. Uh, so I want to make sure that we keep encouraging these conversations. Staff have been reflective about what they need to um, achieve, what they want to do, how they can improve their subject areas. Um, and the final one um, is, is kind of increasing collaboration, really. So when I talk about increasing collaboration, it's not just with internal stakeholders, but also external as well. So that's why I quite like doing these, these podcasts, actually, because obviously you guys are, are external, but I've actually learned quite a lot from uh, from yourself and from Duncan when we're kind of talking <laughs> off the podcast about your equally experience. equally yeah and um we've got contacts at other college as well that are helping us with the new courses who've been absolutely brilliant um, and a lot of the teacher Facebook pages are really good so I think I put on a um on one of them a bit of a can someone just uh, help me out with uh, this course I'm not quite understanding it and then so many teachers jumped in to to support and, and help and shared resources as well which mm. is just a really, really nice um, community, 
around these mm -hmm. subjects. It's about encouraging staff and, and our organization to engage with that. And I think somewhere over the past couple of years, in general, I, I think marketization has led schools to be less collaborative and much more like you are our enemy and we've got to uh, defeat you to attract more students and bring in formula funding or whatnot. Um, and for me, I'm not, I don't think that's really always the right approach in, in education and actually collaborate. <laughs> don't, sit on, don't sit on the fence, Race. don't sit on the fence. <laughs> <laughs> I won't sit on the fence, but I don't think it's very, very useful um, in education because at the end of the day, we are dealing with people and people's mm. outcomes, and whether that's staff or whether that's student, it is uh, it, it's best for everyone if we do work together and do the best for them. Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, I've, the Facebook page, it's, it's lovely to see. <laughs> all teachers from all different experiences and different limps have been in the career and where they are on the sort of professional ladder as such to sort of contribute and willing to share their resources or their advice or their time. There's so much of that going on. And I think, you know, like I said, it's great that we were able to do that. And I'm sure that other like um, departments or faculty subjects are doing exactly the same uh, as well. So um, yeah, is there anything, last question for me, is there anything you do differently or, or not from what from the last four? Is there anything you think, oh, if I, I mean, we can't change the past, can you? That's, it's done, but you know, is there anything, I suppose you're gonna get this sort of period of time again next year, which I know for, oh, it's quite a busy time for, for, for colleges, isn't it? Particularly when there's that enrolment and often the enrolment because you know, it's imagine taking people from lots of other schools externally it's quite it's it carries on for that little bit longer maybe that it does in the school period that enrollment is ongoing really for a few more weeks i'd imagine just because you don't know the students in the same way that a school does when they sort of roll intern enroll internally is there anything for that period of time that you may or may not do differently um it's hard to say at the moment so i haven't had a chance to kind of sit back and and think about that um, and like I say, I kind of just came in on day one and it was like, here's your information. Here's what you need to do. Off you go. Um, mm. So I was like, okay, I'm going to need to kind of steer uh, the ship there. Um, but to be honest with you, I have a really good, we have quite a good leadership team now and they've been very, very supportive with the new role that I'm in. Um, so in terms of what I would do differently, I mean, I'll probably have more of a reflection when we come back to it next year. So I have got something to compare, compare about. But the leadership team that we've got in have been really good to go to to talk about, you know, what I might be struggling with or get clarity around stuff. Uh, and my my line manager in particular is big around um, CPD and you know, developing uh, those skills. But I just kind of wanted to pick up on something you'd said before, is which which I, I agree with, um, and something that I probably subconsciously uh, didn't realise I was trying to do, which was, I think each teacher has got their own personality and they've got their own strengths. And it's about teasing that out of staff so that they recognize it within themselves and that they kind of understand what kind of teacher that they are or what, what works for them and what doesn't. So I remember when I was on my PGCE, uh, some teachers are really good at kind of doing the, you know, group work, small desk island activity sessions. Whereas with me, I just couldn't I'm not very good at those type of lessons. Like I do them occasionally, but uh, it takes me a little bit out of those comfort zones. And it doesn't really gel with my style of teaching or how I choose to teach. But that's not to say that that doesn't work for other people. So it's about encouraging people to kind of take risks and with their practice and take risks with who they are and what they want to do and getting feedback and, and, and reflecting. Um, and to be honest with you, I think that's probably one of the main things that I want to encourage 
in this new role and just people finding out who they are and that they're not wrong it's about trial and error until mm. you find your feet yeah definitely and i think like as long as it's sort of beneficial with the students you have that right int intention then you know it, it's and i think I was, I was personally reflecting this i wonder because i mean it's a long time it feels like a long time ago but yeah not i think obviously covid really did have an impact on education so people were trained during covid or you know we were out the class for such a long period of time it's all it's rediscovering who you are as a teacher as well not just only um for some of like, people that have been ECTs during that period of time, it'd be knowing who they are, but also rediscovering that because certain pedagogic practices would have easily um, been put to the wayside. I mean, I, I, one of my biggest things is I love using the flashcards to get the students to, be, to encourage them to be synoptic. And I was I was thinking to myself the other day, like, oh gosh, it was like two years when I couldn't do this because I had to wipe them all down because they're like laminated. And I was like, and I wouldn't, you know, I just didn't have time practically. I just didn't have time. Or I'd have to put them in storage for seven days because of like the regulations, wasn't there, all that time. And I was like, gosh, I wonder like how other teachers must be feeling about things they used to do a lot, but they don't do as often now because they didn't do it to two, for two or three years. Um, you know, things like just moving around the classroom or, or group work or things like that. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, it's like, I suppose it's like, and then last year was like the first year of proper exams but um but then you still had like the year 12 year of of some disruption around covid so this is sort of your first full two years potentially so that would be an interesting one but uh yeah i'd love to hear more about it i'd love to see how it's going um and your reflective journey and your coaching with uh, your team it sounds amazing it's exciting so yeah lovely thank you for sharing your time no no that's brilliant it's been uh, it's been good and i'm always happy to uh, come back but uh... I'm sure the listeners will get sick of me eventually. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you and have a brilliant right. day. Take care. Thank bye. You. Take care. Bye. The Sociology Stuff Room is brought to you by Tutor to You Sociology. Find us at tutortoyou.net forward slash sociology or follow us on Twitter at tutor to you sock or Instagram at tutor to you sock. You can also join our very lively Facebook groups for sociology teachers. See you soon.